Welcome to the study of God's Word, recorded live from Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado. To learn more about the many resources available through Abounding Grace Media, visit us online at calvaryaurora.org or download our free app on all platforms. And now, let's open our Bibles and study God's Word. If you have a Bible, open to James chapter 1. That's where we'll find our... Uh, text for the evening. By the way, such an honor to be here, truly. Such a privilege. Really appreciate the warm welcome. Glad I'm here. Excited to share the Word of God with you tonight. Even as we were singing, as we were worshiping, talking about the Prince of Peace, and I just wonder, even as we were worshiping that, how many of you are crying out tonight because you need peace? Because maybe you're just going through it, you're just walking through a valley, and you need the peace of God. You need the peace that the Bible explains is surpassing all understanding. You need that tonight. Well, my prayer is that as we walk through some of this scripture, perhaps you'll have a different perspective. So let's open up to James chapter 1. And as mentioned, my family and I have been in Evergreen for two years now. We were sent out by Calvary Chapel Melbourne uh, in Melbourne, Florida. I had the privilege of serving there and serving uh, with Calvary Chapel Sebastian in Sebastian, Florida. And I'll tell you, even explaining that to you guys, saying two years, it's kind of like, wow, two years. And in some ways, that seems like an eternity. In other ways, it seems like it kind of just flew by. But two years, and I can tell you this, We have seen God move the very mountains that the city of Evergreen sits on. But not without a cost, not without hardship, not without opposition. Lots of ups and downs, lots, just a roller coaster like you'll find in, well, normal life, right? Let's look at James chapter 1 beginning in in verse 1. And the Word of God says this, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now, I know you're thinking I misread that, so I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to read that particular verse again. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And Holy Father, even as we read this scripture, Lord God, as we open your word, Father, thank you that we can expect to hear from you. Thank you that you've given us your written word, your very voice, Holy Father. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would move just in a mighty way in this place, in your house this evening, Father, as we seek to learn from you, Father. So please speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So clearly, James, he's got a lot to say in just these four verses. And I suggest to you that whether you've been walking with Jesus for a day, a week, a month, a year, or 50 years, what he says in these four verses is challenging. All right, well, it's just me then, all right? This section of Scripture is challenging. And I'll tell you this, no other time in my life And I'm just going to share my heart with you guys, if that's okay with you. But I'll tell you this, no other time in my life has this scripture been so profound. Has it spoke the loudest? It's as if God lovingly reminded me of the importance of the application of this scripture. See, it's all nice and good and well and dandy when it's just scripture on a page that we're reading. But then when things happen in our life, it brings about a whole new meaning. And James, he speaks of trials, of difficulties in life, or troubles really. Anything, anyone, or any circumstance that just 
interrupts the peace or tranquility of life? Trials. In fact, as I, as I open my Bible, I see a kind of a subtitle, and it says, profiting from trials. It's like, oh, yeah, great. But see, there, there is a profit that comes from trials. Troubles can and will turn into triumph, but how? And what's the purpose of trials. Well, that's kind of what I want us to try and unpack tonight. So, with a very humble attitude, James, the half-brother of Jesus, who, by the way, didn't even believe as Jesus was ministering on this earth that his brother was God. It wasn't until after the resurrection that he came to a saving faith in who his half-brother really was. And I, and I mention that just as a side note, because there are many of you tonight, whether you're listening online or you're here right now, you have been praying diligently for people, for family members, for your kids, or for your spouse, or for somebody that they would come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. Don't give up. Don't give up. And I'll tell you what, for some of you, that's the most difficult thing that you're going through right now. It's, it's watching somebody that you're praying for completely reject the love, the grace, the peace, and the free gift of salvation of Jesus Christ. Don't give up. But James, a loving pastor, he's writing to Jewish believers that have been scattered all over the place. Christian Jews that are living outside of their homeland where they're just dealing with severe trials. Challenging circumstances, I mean to say the least. And these these trials, these circumstances are just pressing in on them from all directions. And you know, it's interesting to me how James even opens his letter to these folks, how he introduces himself while addressing these Christian Jews. He says, look, verse one, he says, James, a bondservant of God, and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad greetings. But notice his humility. He doesn't pull rank, he's not dropping names, because I'll tell you, if I'm writing this letter in my flesh, I'm probably, you know, Ryan, the, the brother of Jesus Christ, you know, something. He's humble, an overwhelming sense of humility. James, a bondservant, a voluntary slave, a servant of God. And there's so much application in that for us to just, guys, to just serve with no agenda at all, to simply just put the needs of somebody else ahead of our own, to serve. And then he, he just gets right down to brass tacks. He's writing to encourage these folks that are really going through it. They're having some issues in their personal lives. They're having some issues in their church fellowship. And most of what these guys are going through, mind you, what they're facing is due to spiritual immaturity, really. Which, by the way, happens to be one of the major problems in the church today. You know, God wants us all to grow up. You know that? all of us to grow. But in a culture where there's an app for everything, in a culture where we want immediate gratification, we, we want to accept Jesus and then we just want to be fully grown in the Lord. Not the way that it works. He's going to bring us through circumstances and challenges to mold us and shape us. And James, he wants these folks to know that there's a purpose for the pain. He wants them to know that in the midst of what they're going through, God is working in those situations. And maybe... Maybe that's where you find yourself tonight. Maybe you're just going through it. I mean, you're just having a tough time. You, you don't know what to do. You're praying, you're in the word, you're crying out to God, but it just seems like everything is, is caving in around you and you're not sure what to do. And I'll tell you this as well, whether you're a Christ follower listening to this or not, 
Whether you follow Jesus or not, I can guarantee you this, trials will come for the believer and the non-believer. We all face trials. No one is immune. You guys play Monopoly? Who, who's played Monopoly? Yeah, I know back in the old days you played board games, archaic, I know, right? See, Monopoly, you get a, a get-out-of-jail-free card. And guess what? You're not getting a get-out-of-trials-free card. Which, by the way, playing Monopoly, especially with small children, can in and of itself be a trial, right? You ever sit down with a seven and eight and 11-year-old playing Monopoly? It's ridiculous. You got one crying over in the corner. This one swindled her out of some property. And you're kind of happy because he closed the deal, but not real thrilled about the way he went about it, right? So there's all this stuff going on. They're freaking out. I'm reading the box, looking at the age requirements. It's, it's, <laughs> it's true. If you are praying for patience, just come to the Davis house, sit down, play Monopoly with my kids. You'll, you'll learn patience really quick. Listen, life... Life does not always go our way. The idea that if you have enough faith, if you have enough faith, everything is going to be smooth sailing. Hmm. That's not what the Bible teaches. It is nonsense. Change the channel. Don't believe it. In fact, you will find that following Jesus Christ, being a disciple of Jesus Christ, will bring more trial into your life instead of less. And Jesus told us plain out and simple. He told us in John 16, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. No one is immune, which is why James says in verse two, my brethren, count it all joy when, you might circle that, underline it, something, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Because it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. So here's the deal. If we know it's a certainty, if we know trials are going to happen, here's what I want us to do. I want us to focus on our attitude as we walk through the trials, and I want us to focus on our perspective when it comes to dealing with life's challenges when walking through the various trials that James is talking about here, because I'll tell you this, what you're walking through now, what you've just walked through, those challenges that are still ahead of you that you haven't got to yet, that all falls under the category of various trials. That word various has to do with the diversity of trials, not so much a number. Hmm. And for some of you, things might be going well, and that's great. But I just say hang on because the seasons of life will change as quick as the Colorado weather. And most of you already know that. But there are a group of you. Man, there's, there's a group of you tonight. You're just, you're being hard pressed from every side and it's been that way for so long and you're literally just ready to, to throw in the towel. And can I encourage you tonight to hang on, to change your perspective, to look at the trial, the situation that you're walking through, through the truth of God's word, to allow the living word of God to change your attitude, to change your perspective, because James, he tells us the type of attitude we should have. And you know, it's interesting to me that as James tells us the attitude we ought to have, James was known for a nickname. And his nickname was Old Camel Knees. And why was that? 
because he was such a man of prayer that he was constantly on his knees so much that they were calloused like the knees of a camel. And I mention that because our prayer life, our prayer life is going to directly affect the perspective by which we view the circumstances of life. And look again what James says in verse 2 in regard to attitude perspective. He says this, my brethren, count it all joy. Underline, circle, highlight. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. And I can tell just by the look on some of your faces, you're like, whoa, 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 there, you know, guy from Evergreen. Joy? Yeah. Joy. You see, there's a difference between happiness and joy. Your happiness is based on your circumstances, the happenstance of life, where joy is kind of a a deep, settled confidence that God is in control. Regardless of the circumstance, you can draw your strength, you can draw your joy, you can look ahead, and you can be reminded of who you are in Christ Jesus, joy. Oh, but you don't know what I'm going through, right? I get it. You don't understand what I'm facing. You're right. I don't. You know, maybe you got a bad, bad report from the doc. Maybe you recently lost somebody that's close to you. Could be out of a job and your finances are just in ruin up in the air. And for some of you, it's divorce or separation or conflict, persecution of some kind. And there are some of you that are watching what your kids are doing. And they're off acting a fool and running in the wrong direction. And it's literally tearing you up inside. It's killing you. It's ripping your heart out. I understand. I get it. Count it all joy? Yeah. Because God is at work even in all of that. Hmm. I want you to think of it this way. When you see that word trial, I want you to think of test. I don't like tests either. In fact, I'll, I'll share this with you. About six weeks after my family and I arrived in Evergreen, everything literally literally started imploding. I mean, to say that things were falling in on us from all sides is truly just an understatement. It's interesting. I'd actually come down here to Calvary Church and was recording an ad on Grace FM for, you know, Calvary Evergreen as we were up on Floyd Hill at the time. I literally left here after being in that studio, drove back up the hill, to Evergreen, and that is the exact moment when everything started imploding, so much so that after trying to catch my breath from what was happening, I had to call down here and say, hey, listen, don't run that ad. (laughs) You you can't run that ad that we just recorded. I'll never forget that shortly after that implosion, I get a text from Pastor Ed. This Listen, Pastor Ed, he just would always text me, encourage me, pray with me, even before I moved from Florida coming out here. And, and, and he asked me, quite frankly, how things were going. Even sharing this with you guys, I remember looking down at my phone and I'm like, oof, what am I going to tell this guy, you know? I don't want to want to be honest. You know, I think too often people ask us how we're doing. They're like, oh, praise the Lord. Things are good. Hallelujah. 
when the Bible specifically tells us to share one another burden, you know what I mean? So I wanted to be honest with them, and I literally just say, ah, you know, not, not good as it turns out, Ed. Not good at all. It was like 13 seconds later, and the phone rings. And I begin to explain to him what we were facing. Due to circumstances well beyond our control, the church was evicted from the meeting place where I just arrived six weeks ago. We had to go. But not only that, my family and I, and I have four kids, my family and I were living in a parsonage on church property. And there were three other families in that building. And guess what? We got evicted. But not only that, I had no job. There was no money for a salary, even a small salary anymore while living in the parsonage. No idea where we were gonna meet on Sundays. Listen, no idea where we were going to live. Church been there five years. The Davises roll into town six weeks later, everything blows up. Never seen anything like it in my life. No idea what we're gonna do. Well, Ed prayed with me, encouraged me. But I'll tell you right now, I was broken. Absolutely broken. And I remember just crying out to God, Lord, this is not what I had in mind. You moved me 2,000 miles across the country. I get here. I know we heard you clearly. I know you told us to come to Evergreen. What is going on? I'll tell you. God began to deal with me in a very, very, very unique way. Number one, I had to be humbled a little bit. Who likes to get humbled? Stings a bit, right? But I'll tell you, as much as James is so near and dear to my heart, there's some other scripture that truly, truly came to life for me. And you know this. Perhaps tonight you need a reminder as well, because it's just not going the way you planned. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And God, in his love, in his grace, in his mercy, the quiet whisper in which he spoke to my heart amongst all the shouts and screams and chaos that was going through my mind and heart at that time, Ryan, I, I, I know you had a plan. I know you had a plan, but I have a plan. And it's different. And it's going to hurt. It's going to sting a bit. And being humble does sting a bit. But I'll tell you this. Ultimately, if God did not allow those circumstances to play out the way that they did, I would have never had the opportunity to see the Lord make a way where there absolutely seemed to be no way at all, as God would lay it on somebody's heart to say, hey, we understand what you're going through. Come, stay with us, live with us, to open their doors, to let us stay with them, to, for God to place it on uh, my old boss's heart to say, hey, Ryan, I know you're going out to Colorado to plant a church, so here's what we're going to do. I'm just going to open up a satellite office and let you continue to do in Colorado what you were doing for me here in Florida, to, to allow that, that I could still provide for my family my first ministry, 
for God to supernaturally open doors and, and open the first door and give us a meeting place for the church that Calvary Evergreen would continue to preach the gospel and the truth of God's word, for God to move us from that location to another location and for the church to grow, then for God to allow additional space on top of that space where we could grow even more, for God to move in a way where a mission team comes out here over this last week from Melbourne where we have our first outreach in Evergreen where a couple hundred people roll through and we are able to love them and serve them. He is the God of impossibilities. Without question, without question, I would have never, ever been able to see him move in those ways, in those circumstances. Hmm. But here's the deal. Nor would I have had the opportunity to grow in areas the Lord needed me to grow so that he could use me. And see, that's exactly where some of you are even tonight. You're walking through circumstances and situations and God is trying to work in you, work things in you, work things out of you that you would grow spiritually so he can also use you for his purpose and for his glory. So yes, I say it again, verse two, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. But you gotta understand, the trial is a test, a test of our faith. It's under this kind of extreme pressure that the true strength of our faith is revealed. He's not testing our faith because he's trying to figure out to what measure our faith exists. God knows that. God is testing your faith that you will know. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's great, Ryan, but how am I supposed to have joy in what I'm going through? How am I supposed to have joy when my faith is tested? And I'll tell you this, and we're going to go back to basics here for a minute because some of us need to be reminded of some very just basic principles. And you need to remember who God is. No, I'm serious. You need to remember who God is and who you are in Christ Jesus. You need to go back to the basics and remember that. I need to remember that. Have you confessed with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead? Yeah, have you done that? Okay. Have you repented of your sin and, and, and you've, you, you've started this lifelong process of following Jesus Christ? Have you done that? then you are a child of God. You're a child of God. I want you to think about that. I want you to really, really think about that. The creator of the universe, God Almighty, adopting you into his family, you are no longer a member of the kingdom of darkness in which we're all born into with our sin nature. You are now transferred to the kingdom of God, to his kingdom. And your father, regardless of what your relationship was like with your, heavenly, your earthly father, your heavenly father loves you. Let me remind you of truly how much he loves you. It's all well and good to read it on a page. It's all well and good to have it here, but do you know that here? Romans 5.8 tells us this, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Ponder that, that God would look down 
and know how jacked up we were in all our sin, in all our filth, and say, I've got to fix that problem. Those are my children. And send Jesus while we were still dead in our trespasses. In fact, Ephesians says this, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So you, we have got to know that our heavenly Father loves us with an everlasting love, with a love that we can't even explain or define or even fathom. If we are going to have a different attitude, if we are going to have a different perspective when we face the trials and challenges and circumstances of life. Because since he loves us, then God is for us and not against us. God is not punishing you. What you're dealing with, listen, don't get me wrong, there, there's a, there's, there are consequences for our sin, but we are told plainly he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins when we confess them. Confess it and move on. He's not punishing you. The challenges you face is not a punishment from God. That punishment was already nailed to the cross with the Lord Jesus Christ for you and for me. I'll tell you this, other than remembering and realizing the love that your heavenly Father has for you, I want you to remember this. God is sovereign, in control of, every single area of your life. All is filtered through his hand. And, and I, uh, I feel the need to, to insert some fine print here. Because as much as our Heavenly Father loves us, and would send his only son to die for us, that we would be reconciled back to him. As much as God loves us, there is an enemy that hates us. And I mention that because that dude loves to run his mouth and he loves to spew lies. Don't believe the lies that the enemy is telling you. God is not with you. If God loved you, why would you be facing what you're facing? And, and that grace stuff and that forgiveness, that's true for, for other people. But see, you've, you've just been making too many mistakes. Don't believe. Don't buy what he's selling. He hates us. We got to replace the lies of the enemy with the truth of God's word. He, you might be hearing there is no hope. Maybe it's for the individual that you're praying with, for your child that is just way off the deep end. Don't believe it for a second. Replace those lies with the truth of God's word. And you can only do that by actually reading the Word of God. See, what we think, what we think matters a lot, actually. And we're never going to be able to change our attitude. We're never going to be able to, to change our perspective. What, nothing in our life is going to, not, it's not going to change unless we change the way that we think. Regardless of the original source of the trial that you're dealing with, obviously we're living in a Genesis 3 world. Things are broken, whether it's a direct attack from the enemy. God has allowed this to come into your life. And if, since, he's allowed it, 
It's for a purpose. Guaranteed. Without question. Count it all joy. Not so much because of what you're actually walking through right now. But count it all joy by way of of forward thinking. Don't focus on the pain. Don't focus on the loss. Whatever it is that's happening, focus on the final outcome, which James explains to us as well. And count it all joy by focusing on the final outcome, and then James tells us to have confidence. He says this in verse 3. Have confidence now, watch, knowing, circle that, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. See, our test, our trial produces something. Patience, spiritual endurance. It was a few days after I had that conversation with Pastor Ed. You guys already know what an awesome pastor you have. I love that guy. A few days after I had that conversation with him, he texted me again. It was just a one-liner. Started that way, one word, and it was, let me get the spelling for you here. H-U-P-O-M-O-N-E. I'm not gonna lie, I had to Google this one, right? So I'm looking at this text and I'm like, hip hop, hip, hip hop, hip, hip, hip hop anonymous. I'm trying to figure out what it is. Hoopamone. Hoopamone. And that was followed up with another text that came through. God is, this is what he told me. God is producing in you hoopamone. See, patience, that's what hoopamone is. Patience is the ancient, hoopamone is the ancient Greek word for patience. It literally means spiritual endurance. Patience. But see, we look at patients and we're thinking patients like sitting in the doctor's office all day waiting for this doc to come in and get me or that type of patience. No, 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 no. It's not a patience like that. It is, a, it is an active endurance, an active endurance that would help you finish like a, a, a tough workout. Hoopamone. Your trials, the testing of your faith, produces spiritual endurance. Faith must be tested. If it is not tested, if it's not worked out like any muscle, it's going to atrophy. Faith must be tested. It's it's been said that a faith that's not tested can't be trusted. Faith. You know, we also forget We can't please God without faith. We're told plain out and simple in Hebrews, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. See, our our troubles, our trials test our faith. They don't produce it. How is faith produced? And the Bible tells us that as well. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Guys, you gotta stay in the word. With all the junk that's going on out there, being pulled in a million different directions by just clever marketing, just all kinds of constantly, you got to stay in the word. There's no other way. There's no shortcut. We've got to stay in the word. Our faith will be increased and then it will be tested so that God can mature us, so he can create in you hupomone, spiritual endurance that you can stand under the weight. Know this. Know it. 
knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Verse four, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. See, too often, too often we try to get out of our trials. No? We try to, try to bail our kids out of the trials that the Lord is allowing to come into their life. You know what James says about that? Don't. Too often in life, we're faced with a challenge. We're faced with a hardship. We're faced with a situation that looks completely different than the blueprint that we had planned out for our life. And we try to get over it. We try to to burrow under it. We try to get around it. We try to do anything that we can do to manipulate the situation. You step in and, because listen, you've got to step in and help out the Lord because he clearly doesn't really understand what's going on, right? Don't. Let that patience have its perfect work. Let hupomone have its perfect work. Let God do what he needs to do. Don't manipulate the situation. I feel like as a parent, I feel like I feel like I want to do that for my kids. And we should protect them, so please don't misunderstand me. Protect our kids, disciple them, mentor them. But there are certain situations that our kids are going to walk through as they rebel against the things of the Lord certain things you're walking through that are directly designed and orchestrated by God. As you're praying and praying and praying and praying and it looks like they're completely going the opposite way, God's back here and he's leading them down the actual path they need to go down to come to the saving faith you're praying for and all the while you're trying to step in and fix it and help them and don't. Let it go, let God do what he needs to do. Hmm. And I know a lot of you guys, much like, much like the folks that James is writing to, those scattered, I know that there are a lot of people that are just hurting. You're just going through it or you're coming alongside somebody who is. I know that. Can I just remind you, even if you have to write this down or I I don't know what you need to do to, listen, God sent some guy all the way from Evergreen to come down here specifically to remind you that he loves you. That he's there. That he's not punishing you. That he's working in your life that you would grow spiritually. And to let God perfect that work in you. To count it all joy by way of forward thinking. And too often, guys, we're living our lives based on our feelings. Feelings that don't even match up with what the Word of God says about you who are in Christ Jesus. And it's time that that stops right now, right here. Look ahead, look at your problem. And focus on the circumstance. I want to share this with you because this is legit. 
in 2 Corinthians. The Word of God says, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Be reminded that this nonsense is temporary. This is not your home. You're just an alien passing through. And a day is coming when everything will be perfected. But we're too busy looking at what we're walking through in life to remember that this is not our home. And I want to close with a reminder. Kind of giving you guys a lot of reminders tonight, huh? For the Christ follower, for the child of God, for those that have been adopted through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, and that's the only way, by the way, here's a promise for you. Here's a true promise for you. Regardless of the situation, and you know this verse, but too often we read this verse and then we don't follow up with the next verse, which really sums up why the Lord even allows difficulties to come into our life, okay? Check this out. It it sums up why he would be producing hupomone in you. Here's the first part of the promise. Watch this. Romans 8, 28, you know it. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. All things various trials, all things. You got to keep reading. Verse 28 again, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Look at verse 29, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that we, he might be the firstborn among many brethren. See, the Lord is making you more like Jesus through the trials of life. Hmm. Guys, let your faith be bigger than your fears. Let your faith be bigger than the challenges that you're facing. And remember, no matter what it looks like, the Lord's got a way of rolling all this into one ball of awesomeness turning it for good, that you will become more like his son, that he would use you for his purpose and his glory. Now that, that is for the Christ follower. That's for the child of God. That's for the individual that's been adopted into God's family. You see, there are some that have not yet been adopted into God's family. See, God is literally, quite literally, God has signed those adoption papers in the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. And I don't know if there's anybody in here or if there's anybody listening, but there are some of you you haven't taken care of your section of those adoption papers. And the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. And here's what I want to do. I want every child of God in here, every Christ follower, everybody here to just begin praying, to bow your head, to begin praying. You're praying that, that God's word, which we know never returns void. You're praying that if there is anybody that has heard this, God's word this evening, you're praying that there is anybody that does not yet know the Lord Jesus Christ as their savior. If they have not been adopted into the family of God, 
You're praying that the Holy Spirit would do a mighty work right now. You're praying that the the Spirit would pierce the heart of the individuals in here. And I do want to speak to those that perhaps don't yet know God. Or maybe maybe you, you used to walk with Christ and you just, I don't know, you know, the you just got so darn distracted. And, and the culture and the pressure of this world just kind of pulled you in the wrong direction and it's been a while since you've opened your Bible, it's been a while since you prayed, but, but you even know right now that God is talking with you, that he's speaking to you. So I wanna ask you, the Bible says, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one will come to the Father except through him. So I wanna ask you to come back home, to reestablish that relationship with Jesus Christ. I wanna ask you if you don't know God right now, in this moment, I just want to lead you in a prayer for anybody that's listening, if that's you tonight. Holy Father, we're so amazed with your word. And I thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit here. And Father, I pray that even right now, as your word has gone out, and we know that it will never return void, Father, I pray that even right now, your Holy Spirit is speaking to hearts and minds, and you're drawing them into a relationship with you. And if that is you, here's what I want you to do. I want you to just pray with me. Holy Father, I don't have it all together, but I know I need you. And right now, I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I believe in my heart, God, that you raised him from the dead. I believe he was crucified to pay the penalty for my sin. And I accept your free gift of salvation. I accept the grace that you've offered me right now, Lord. And I don't know what anything else looks like. I just know that I need the Lord Jesus Christ to help me navigate life here and now. I need to come home to you now, Lord God, and I know I need the Lord Jesus Christ to usher me into eternity because there is no other way. Father, we love you and we thank you. We pray that you've been encouraged by this Bible study delivered live from the sanctuary of Calvary Aurora. For prayer or a copy of this study, call us at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-304-7223. Or visit us online at calvaryaurora.org. Be blessed as you worship Jesus this week.